evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarkin. It is Sunday, I believe it is November 20th. Let me check my calendar. Yes, I am correct. November 20th. And let's go ahead and officially say it's rivalry week. And usually we wait till Monday, but it's rivalry week, guys, in college football. Not much change at the top. But I can I can sense it in the air, like I've been saying all year. No benders of time of champions to really show if they're champions or not. And these rivalry games this week are going to be very scary for some teams up at the top. You have an elimination game really at Ohio State and Michigan, the loser leaves town. We know that. But what's interesting in that is Ohio State beats Michigan and Penn State beats Michigan State, and Penn State going to the title game leaving out both Michigan and Ohio State. So there's a lot of playoffs to talk about, a lot of games over the weekend to talk about. We had a good time watching football this weekend. The Auburn Tigers, of course, with a tough, tough competition against Alabama and m 55 and nothing. I first saw that game out, and I was like, oh, God, Auburn's 53-and-a-half point favorites. I almost thought about taking that taking the points. I'm glad I didn't because Robert did win 55 to nothing. Both are very bad, bad, bad Alabama and M team. So, Robert fans, slow down just a little bit about the performance last night. Yes, it was a good performance, but look, the team, the team Chattanooga that played Alabama was much better, much better than Alabama and M. Chattanooga much better FCS school. But a lot of the SEC teams played cupcakes all weekend. And we will talk about, too, the Oregon Ducks with a with a huge win on the road against Utah. It's going to help the Auburn Tigers out into hopefully the college playoff tomorrow night with West Virginia and Utah choking. We'll talk about Pac-12 implications with that. But there's a lot of college football to talk about tonight. And the first thing I want to talk about is this Florida LSU game just to show you what emotion and hate can do in a game, there was no way, and this is me talking, and I'm, I'm, I'm admitting it. We didn't have a show Wednesday night, but I'm telling you, I gave Florida a 0% chance to win that game yesterday, but the only, once I saw that fight break out, and once I saw the comments that guys, I think it's his name, the running back for LSU, was saying Florida had nowhere to run now, and they were making fun of them ever since that hurricane, like they were trying to dodge LSU. But football is a game of emotion, people, and it's a game. There's not much separating each team. So if you look at it, Florida and LSU on paper, it's a pretty good matchup. But when you look at the idea, LSU is just a better football team overall. But when I saw that fight at midfield, and when I saw Fournette, come out of his sweats, go into the locker room and suit it up, Jonathan. I really had a different feeling about that. Florida was there to play. Florida came to win. But let's admit here tonight, and let's not jump to any conclusions. Florida, I'm sorry, but Florida still sucks. LSU choked that game away. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I mean, so LSU had what five trips in the red zone and came away with ten points. Uh, if Three that's points. not pretty telling. Three points. Three. Three points. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like that's that's really bad, guys. And then 
if, if you look at that final play of the game, Geis has been a great running back. There's no doubt about it. But here's my problem. Um, I watched the way the blocking set up, and that was a toss to the left. Like, that was a toss to the left all day, and Geis decided, no, I'm going up the middle again because that's worked so well this entire game. Uh, That was, yeah, that was bad. That That was really bad. Here's my problem. Fournette is a coach before the game. If he's not healthy enough to play the game, I mean, he shouldn't be out there. But obviously he was. So I, I'm starting to question Fournette. Is he about me or is he about the team? Yesterday seemed to be about me. And and when I say that, he was sitting out anyway. But also he wanted to make it personal. But when the fight broke out, he wanted to come out there. Well, Florida just shut him up. And they shut everybody up at LSU up. And LSU's out of the rankings now. But that's going to make it easier for Florida to lose the next two games. Don't you think? On the road in Tallahassee. And then a butt kicking coming and against Alabama in Atlanta. So Florida's going to finish the year, what is that, eight and three or eight and four. And they don't even play 13 games because of the one not made up. But. Florida's just not good. When I watched them play, they're just not a very good football team. They lucked up for that 98-yard pass and hit it. Had it not been for that, it would have been over. But congratulations to Florida for winning. But shame on LSU for talking that much trash, Jonathan, and not being able to back it up. I mean, that's just that's just inexcusable. And first, and then hitting a coach, pushing a coach like that, he ought to be suspended for the A&M game. Uh, yeah, I mean, what uh, Fournette did uh, is definitely something that you know the SEC is going to review. Um, let me say this. We saw two instances yesterday where a the you guys saw two teams get into it uh, before the kickoff, and the road team won both games. So, uh, the, you know, I, I don't know about you, but that was a pattern of y'all don't want to start nothing y'all can't finish. I mean, because LSU, you saw it. They they thought Florida was going to roll over and die, and they did it. And that was the big thing there was Florida showed the grit, the toughness, and the heart to keep fighting in this game. If, I, if I'm Auburn, I'm starting to fight at midfield in the Iron Bowl. I'm just going to go start punching right there, right on the field. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a lot of Florida State fans last night go, yo, we should probably go ahead and bully Florida before the kickoff. I'm like, oh, y'all do whatever you want. <laughs> and it's already a foregone conclusion that Alabama's beaten Auburn already, and there's no need for Auburn to even go to Tuscaloosa, by the way. But they just shouldn't even play because Alabama's so superior. There's no way that, that Auburn can win this game, Jonathan. We'll talk about that one later, too. Uh, the line's 18 on that game, and it should be 18 considering the public that they think of Bama, considering that, hell, I don't even know who's going to play quarterback or running back for Auburn right now. So, but it is 18 if you want to, but just win the game, Auburn. That's all I ask you to do. But uh, talking about some things this weekend that I saw, what about Charlie Strong in Texas losing to, I think they're the worst team in football, right? When you say Kansas is the worst team in the FBS, they have to be. At least next to uh, last. Mm, mm. I mean, 
maybe they're the worst Power Five yeah. team, but I've watched some like other schools this year that are just they're butt. They are butt. But let's but let's see. I mean, because Kansas, remember, their only win is against an FCS school, and I think they tore down the goalposts and whatnot. This um, is. <laughs> When they won that game, they haven't won an FBS game in two years. And let's just kind of go down and see how far Kansas is. Uh, they may have risen up a little bit. I was right, Jonathan. Kansas was ranked 128 going into the weekend. 128. And Charlie Strong craps the bed and loses to Kansas. And do you honestly think he's going to keep his job? I mean, there's no way Charlie Strong survives that. You can't you can't survive losing on the road to Kansas and expect to keep your job. Well, there's some bad teams. I'm going through the hundreds, and I'm like, God. There's some mm-hmm. bad. Missouri at 97. The 97 team in the country put up 700 yards on Tennessee yesterday. Think about that. <laughs> Yeah, Tennessee's defense has gone MIA as their offense has come back. Now, look, I looked at that Texas game yesterday, and let me just say this. Don't get it wrong, nobody. I was rooting for Kansas at the end of it. Um, but your freshman quarterback, 17-26, to 26, three interceptions. Uh, your running back who carried the ball 51 times fumbled twice. You turn the ball over six times. I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm wondering, was it really that bad? I mean, it, look, we know Charlie's going to get fired. I know that. Um, they're probably going to let him coach the TCU game, and then they're going to let him go. Uh, that you know, A, it's a sign of respect, and B, it's, what's the point of firing him one week before? You know, let let him coach the last game, um, and, then, and then we'll move on. Um, I'll fire him, him at the airport. How bad was the coaching yesterday, though? I mean, when your team turns it over six times and it's either fumbles or interceptions, it's not like the quarterback kept throwing picks. It's like, okay, stop throwing the ball. I mean, you had problems throughout the team. I mean, I don't know how bad the coaching was there. I I, I really don't. And I think that's the biggest shame here. That's actually going to be the biggest shame because Charlie Strong has finally got his players playing. You know, he was weeding out all everybody, all the other talents in Mac Brown's crew. He's finally got his guys playing. He's got a freshman quarterback. He's got a junior running back. You know, and they're they're both good, but they both had five turnovers yesterday. I mean, that, that was they combined for five turnovers. You know, the defense has actually been improving under since Charlie took over. Um, you know, it's slow, small increments, but they've been improving. And I think that's the biggest shame here is that Charlie finally was able to make this team somewhat hid, and it looks like there might be a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, you know, in you know, 2017, 2018, and he's going to get yanked out from underneath them because he lost to Kansas for the first time since 1938. The light at the end of the tunnel is a train, Mr. Johnson. That's what that is. It's a train. But what's funny to me is the arrogance of Texas fans, right? Like, they're just going to uh, pop open the checkbook and bring in Saban if they want him, or they're going to get whoever they want. But I question, and Dustin's a real good Texas fan on that board, and, and, and take, you know, he's a good Texas fan. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan, too, so he's having fun right now. But 
But just uh, to me, I think, and he disagreed with me, and this is an outsider's perspective, mine is. So I'm not an insider of Texas like he is, but my perception is they need to get control of that program and quit letting the boosters have so much of a say in it that I don't think an elite top coach wants to coach at Texas right now. If you have a chance to go to LSU, you're going to take LSU. There's more stability there. They have more forgiveness of coaches. Look at Les Miles, all he stayed there. And but Texas, it's like they, they were looking to fire Charlie Strong the minute they they uh, hired him. And you go back to that radio show, when they hired him, I laughed about it. I was like, this is the worst hire they could have possibly made. And you look, well, how many, how many years has it been, Jonathan? Three years down the road? And, Texas yeah. is in the worst place that was when Matt Brown was there because they made the wrong hire. And these boosters need to stay out of it and let the AD and the president do what they're supposed to do. Do you want Do you want to be the head coach of Texas if you're out there and you're, you're so-called elite? It's interesting because I think Texas thinks it's a better job than it is. Uh, Ten years ago, Texas was the best job in the state. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Baylor wasn't that good. TCU was a mid-major. Tech was kind of just hanging around at, like, you know, 6-6, and 7-5. Six, and um, A&M was even in a lull back then. They were around 500, too. So 10 years ago, Texas was a great job. I think any coach would have loved to have gone there because you're, you're, you know, you're, you have first priority on every top recruit in the state. Um, you have all the money, all the resources you need to build a great program. Um, now, Baylor's actually decent. I know they're having a bad year right now, and you know the, their program is probably going to downturn a little bit over the next couple of years. You know, I don't. Ex- I expect Baylor to actually hang around. I don't think they're a flash in a pan. Uh, TCU is having a down year, but I think they're going to be around. Uh, tech is what Tech is, uh, you know. But and A and M is obviously doing well. And they're they're in the SEC, which is a conference a lot of people want to play in. So Texas doesn't have first priority on recruits anymore. They're battling three other schools in state, mm-hmm. not to mention Oklahoma's always coming in. Um, and, you know, and Texas SEC. needs a coach like Saban. They do. They need a coach who's going to come in and say, you know what, boosters, sit down and shut up. I'm the coach. I run this program, not you. That's the only coach that can that can succeed and survive there. Yeah, and, I, and that's my perception, too, he said I was wrong. The boosters only one didn't like Strong. From what I heard, about half of them didn't like him to start with, and they were just looking for a reason. And let's talk about a hot seat for another coach in a minute. Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss, and I think he's flown under the radar all of a sudden. Nobody's thinking about him. But this guy crapped the bed last night in, in Nashville, Jonathan. Got beat by 21 to Vanderbilt, put up 38 on you. And you go in – a 10-point dog. I thought the Auburn-Georgia loss was bad on the road, but this one, to get beat by 21 points, and this team's 5-6 and six going into the egg bowl, and you were supposed to be one of the top two teams in the SEC West. Where is he freeze on when it comes to hot seat and the rankings and whatever? Because, my God, he's been in place for several years. Now they're losing Chad Kelly. They're losing a lot of talent. Where are they gonna be? What are they going to do? I mean, it's it's bad in Ole Miss right now. It's very bad. And, yes, they were a good team when you played them. And, yes, they were a good team when Alabama played them. But the last couple of games, they had, well, since Chad Kelly left, they thrown in the towel. 
I mean, Shea Patterson might save Hugh Freeze just because he, he looks good. And this was a game where if you looked at it, you went, you know what, Ole Miss is in a struggle in this one. Vanderbilt's got a good defense. It's your second game on the road with a true freshman quarterback. Uh, and they're going to be looking ahead to the Egg Bowl. You know, I, we all saw, you know, a lot of us saw this coming, at least I hope, um, just because, you know, you saw Patterson, I, I mean, for three quarters he struggled against a and It just a fell apart in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so I, I think Hugh Freeze is safe for another year. Now let me say, you know, because here, here's the thing. When you put together three or four good years and then you have a down year in which it seems like everything went wrong, I'm willing to give you another year. It's not like you put together two or three bad years in a row. It's like, okay, this is your first bump in the road. Let's see how you respond. If you're Hugh Freeze, though, and with the sanctions that could be coming, if you can get out of town, I'd get out of town. I would. If I was Hugh Freeze, I'd get out of town. I mean, the only thing you got to worry about is that the NCAA comes after you, but if Oregon comes calling and I'm Hugh Freeze, I'd probably take that job just so I can get away from Oxford because I know that there's something heavy going to be coming my way. Yeah. Who are you going to call him, Pete Carroll? That's what he did. That's, what, that's, that's Pete Carroll. He'll, he'll brighten out of Dodge. But you got to think, now, the Egg Bowl coming up actually could be a competitive football game now. I mean, Mississippi State got dusted last night at home against Arkansas. And believe it or not, Mississippi State was favored over Arkansas. I didn't see that was coming, but maybe I thought Vegas may have used something. They have known something I didn't know. But um, the Big Ten, I want to talk about a subject. If you'd like to call in 646-716-5564, I think the Big Ten, Jonathan, is the most corrupt, rigged, crooked conference in football, man. These guys are playing, and I'll give you an example, and you tell me if I'm crazy, Ohio State yesterday, who was they playing against? Michigan State on the road. Michigan State scores a touchdown. All they need is about like 10 or 11 minutes left in the game. They go for two. Didn't get it. Didn't even try to get it. Lost the game 17 to 16. Does that look fishy to you when you look at it? Because Michigan State at home, you pick the extra point, and you, you you got 10 minutes left, right? Your defense is playing good. You're a 20-point underdog. You've held Ohio State to 17. But yet you want to go for two with 10 minutes left in the game, I think it was. I mean, I think the Big Ten is doing whatever it can to make sure they're, they're big boys. That, that that game next weekend is for all the marbles, really. I think it's what they're hoping. But if Ohio State wins that game, Penn State's probably going to the Big Ten championship. So, is it me or is the Big Ten just a corrupt, rigged conference? Just like when Wisconsin lost 59 to nothing to Ohio State that year to get a man. That was thrown. And I'm here to tell you that. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. Um, I want to say, yeah, there was a four minutes left in the Michigan State game. I understood why they okay. went for two. Um, I actually did understand it. It was the wrong play call, and it wasn't even close. That was an atrocious play call. Uh, the quarterback, all right, so your quarterback's not very good. We know this. Why would you put the ball in his hands for the two-point conversion? Why wouldn't you hand it to L.J. Scott, who was the reason why you were even in this game? Um, you know, and, and what, what I saw yesterday was Ohio State, oh, I mean, they're not that good. A lot of people are like, Ohio State's the only team that can beat Alabama. No. 
JT Barrett got bottled up by Michigan State. He got bottled up by Penn State. And he's going to get bottled up by Michigan. Mark my word, he's going to get bottled up by Michigan. Uh, this is an Ohio State offense that just they have not figured out the skill position. So everything's on JT Barrett. And he can't carry this by himself. He can't do it. So, I, I mean, I, I'm starting to wonder what on earth Urban Meyer is doing offensively because your best offensive weapon touched the ball eight times yesterday. He can't stretch the field, Jonathan. I mean, they just can't go downfield, can they? They shouldn't be able to because they recruit speed. I'm starting to think JT, well, I'm not starting to think. At this point, I am damn certain that JT Barrett's not that good of a quarterback. He can run, but what he has regressed from that from the, the 2014 when he looked lights out and he was throwing it all over the place and he looked so good. And then last year you had the tug of war with the quarterback, and then this year he's had the ball from the get go. He just can't throw the ball. He's an inaccurate passer. They're not utilizing the receivers to stretch the field. And this is Ohio State that used to be able to – they would have three or four NFL-caliber receivers on roster. And now it's like maybe they have one. Maybe. You know, if they had Ezekiel Elliott and tore it up, Ohio State's always had a good running back. They don't really have a running back this year. I think it's play calling because I think they have the talent. This is a team that recruits with Alabama. They're top two in the nation. But they can't. They have not been able to figure out an offensive game plan to to spread this ball around. And I'm putting the coaches on this. Yeah, and I I think they beat Michigan because I think I think Michigan is. And we'll talk about this and break it down Wednesday. But I don't think Michigan can move the ball enough to really threaten Ohio State. And I think Ohio State wins that game. They don't even make their own conference championship, and they're going to get in the playoff because everybody loves Urban Meyer. Everybody wants to see what they can do against Bama. Well, you know what? You may not be playing Bama. You may get knocked out by Washington. You may get knocked out by Clemson or someone else. But I just want them to put the best four teams in the playoffs. And I'm I'm starting to wonder, should should a conference ever get two teams in? With the, the Big Ten is not as powerful as people think. Wisconsin's not that good, guys. And we'll see. If they make the playoffs, Alabama will beat them by 50. Penn State's a joke in the top ten. Ohio State can't do anything, and Michigan can't either. I'm starting to think that this, this whole four teams I just mentioned are just way overinflated right now. And I think it's due to the mediocrity, really, in college football. And I, I think the SEC is eating themselves alive, with the exception of Alabama. Everybody's beating everybody. But I just don't think that those teams I mentioned in the Big Ten, could it, none of them could beat Alabama. There's no way Michigan could beat Alabama, Jonathan. Do you think they could? Well, I don't think that Michigan is an invincible – I mean, I don't think Alabama is an invincible team. I think – uh, if you look at their offense, this is really the first year in a while that Alabama hasn't had a running back, a bell cow running back. Um, or the offensive really line. The, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously the offensive line's had their issues. They don't really stretch the ball downfield. They don't – you know, Hurts doesn't share the ball around. It's really either Ridley or Stewart, and that's it. 
Um, maybe O.J. Howard gets a couple, but, you know, O.J. Howard's the most overhyped tight end that I, in recent memory. I, I think, look, if Michigan were to play Alabama, I think it'd be like the LSU game. If you know, the Auburn-Alabama game, I think it's going to be like the LSU game where, you know, uh, you're going to limit Alabama's offense to less than 20 points. You're going to shut them down. It's going to be ugly. It's just, can you score? I mean, really, that's what I think it's going to come down to. Whoever's going to play Bama, you're going to have to score and to do so. Your offense has to be able to stretch the field, has to be able to go all over the place with the ball. Thank you. And you know what? When you play Alabama, just like any team, you have to make them make adjustments. Nobody's making Alabama make adjustments. They're just sitting in the box. They're doing what they want, and nobody's making them change. And that's the key. I think Auburn can make them change with the way they play offense. I've got a weird feeling, guys, and Quinn's on the line now, that Auburn could beat Alabama because of what you said, Jonathan. They're not invincible. Their offense is challenged right now. They can't run the football well. You're putting it in the hands of a freshman in an Iron Bowl. So starting right now in the Iron Bowl going forward, every game's going to be bigger. I don't think Florida, they really have to worry. But if you struggle to score points, Florida's going to stay in the game with you, Jonathan, where I think that's why Florida State blows out. Florida this weekend, but Quinn, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, you're the hey. thing our our suck. <laughs> yeah, I was up in Minnesota with my sister and her friends uh, at the Minnesota Northwestern game, so I didn't really get to watch it. Plus, I was hammered, wow. so I I don't I would, even really I would remember. Play chess. I would rather play chess in a retirement home than go watch Minnesota and Northwestern play football. <laughs> <laughs> we only ended up watching a quarter of it. We got there in like the second quarter, and they were all cold because they didn't dress right. I was the only one that dressed right. And then, yeah, so then we left after like a quarter, and I was and I was already really hammered, so I didn't remember like any of the game that we were watching. But we won't talk about it. <laughs> We won't talk about Notre Dame tonight. They lost thirty-four to thirty-one. They yeah. they took them away. They're gonna they're gonna get beat by USC and they're gonna finish four and eight. And we'll see what happens yeah. next year. But do you have any kind of feeling about you whatsoever about this Iron Bowl up front early? I just think this Auburn defense is top twenty in the country, and it's one of the top I think five scoring defenses. Maybe it's it's. Uh, one of the top 20 rush defenses, pass defenses, third down defenses. I mean, I just think this Auburn team, I know they laid an egg against Georgia, but I don't think that's who they really are. And, and I don't know who's going to play in that game yet. I don't know if Pat Ray's coming back. I don't know if Sean White's playing. I don't know if Jonathan Miklos is going to be taking snaps under center. I don't know. But I don't think Auburn's afraid of Alabama. Team. I really don't. I do not think they're going to be afraid. And I think a lot of teams go in afraid against Alabama. But I think in this rivalry game, one thing going for Auburn is uh, Alabama hasn't beaten Auburn after a Republican won the office, and I don't know when. But every two years, Auburn beats Alabama under Saban. So we got a lot of things going for us here now. Yeah, I mean, I feel confident because of the defense, but I just don't know about the offense. If Sean White isn't healthy, then I don't want Sean White playing. So if that means Jeremy Johnson has to play, then have Jeremy Johnson play. But I'm confident, but I'm not so confident because 
we have no clue what's going to happen offensively. And, the, and they're going to have to move night? the ball. I, I watched watch some of it. I watched so some of it, and then I right read now. the stat line. Jonathan, he's frustrated right now. I mean, he looked great running the football, but you could tell Malzahn had him in there. Once he broke a couple, then once that running game got going, all he did was hand off. And you know he wanted to throw the football, really. He wanted to, to get in there and throw it. Um, so read Malzahn's mind right now, Jonathan. If Sean White's not healthy, what do you do at quarterback next week against Alabama? Who gives Auburn the best chance to win that game on the road in Tuscaloosa? Well, uh, I'm starting Jeremy Johnson. No doubt about it. I, I I liked what I saw from Jeremy yesterday. I know it was Alabama A and M. Uh, that's you know they're they're not exactly a powerhouse FCS team. They signed. Oh, well, I know, but um, I mean, I, I think I think Jeremy played well yesterday, and for somebody who really hasn't, you know, he hasn't touched the ball since um, what the Clemson game, so. It was nice to see him in there. I think he did a good job. He didn't make really any mistakes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd start Jeremy. I mean, he he started the game last year. Uh, you know, played a well enough game to keep to keep it close. Yeah. Uh, I think, good I think point. honestly, being a senior and everything, he gives you the best chance because he knows what this game is. He he knows what he's walking into. He's played this defense before, um, and, and you know maybe he right. doesn't. You know. I mean, there's obviously the issue of how much does the staff trust him, but with the Iron Bowl, Auburn's not really playing for anything but pride. And I think that's the big thing here. You're going to see a lot of players come out, and they're going to be playing for a lot of pride. And and, they have, and the Sugar Bowl. Oh, yeah, of course, and, and, and the Sugar Bowl because, you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's either going to be Tennessee or Auburn for the Sugar Bowl at this point. Um you know, I think how could you put Tennessee in there, brother? I mean, really, how could you put Tennessee in the Sugar Bowl? Man, well, that defense is bad, man. Yeah, but that offense is money right now. Um, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, I think I think I'd, I'd go with Jeremy. Uh, obviously, you want to see if uh, Petway is going to play. Uh, it was nice to see Carry On and Cam have good days yesterday. Um, you know, they, they they both look healthy, and that's huge. See if you get Petway back. You have all three of them. That that'll be great. Cam, uh, Cam looked good, didn't he, Jonathan? Tell me about Cam Martin. How does he look? I mean, he he really impressed me last night. Well, I mean, what he run for a buck seventy five. I he he just he he. What I like about Cam is that he just keeps going forward. You know, he grinds at you. You know, he's not one of those real east-west runners. He's like, mm, no, let me get upfield. I'm going to get upfield, and we're going to go from there. Um, no, and this just goes to the show what, you know, we've been talking about for, you know, past, you know, month and a half, and that Gus does a really good job of developing a running back. I mean, he, you know, when, when he needs one, he finds a way to get the best out of whoever he has, whether it's Trey Mason, Michael Dyer, uh, uh, Robinson, uh, Petway, Martin, uh, carry on. I mean, he does a really good job of getting the best out of his guy. Yeah. And, and you know what? One thing about Jeremy Johnson that Franklin doesn't have, but I think it's the support of his team. Like, there, if you want to get all of the effort and energy out of your team, 
put Jeremy Johnson behind center because those guys love him. And I don't think Jeremy or John Franklin's been there long enough for that relationship to be there yet. You know, Jeremy Johnson, when you watch your teammate go from the highest of mountain to the lowest, and he stuck with the program and stuck with his team and was a team player, Jonathan, how can you not respect that and play your guts out for him? I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And not only that, like you mentioned, a perfect example, he's seen this defense before. He's been to Tuscaloosa before. He understands this rivalry more than John Franklin the third does. And I think John Franklin the third, if he was able to pass and throw very well, we would have already seen it. I don't think Malzahn's waiting for the tough game to start throwing John Franklin in there, you know? So I think last night's Jeremy Johnson starting Quinn was an indication of who's going to be starting the Iron Bowl. Will, will he play the entire game? I don't know. But I don't want Sean White in there, period. If that makes you feel better, Quinn. I don't care if he's healthy. I don't want him in there against that defense. Jeremy Johnson is going to be in the NFL one day. He's going to be playing quarterback. He's got a big league arm. He he is mobile at times. He, he's six six. He can see over that big band of defense, and he he can throw it downfield. So Quinn, who do you want? A Sean White healthy or a Jeremy Johnson? I mean, Sean White healthy is pretty good, but I want him up for sure a hundred percent, and I don't think he will be a hundred percent. So, so you put, so I wouldn't, so I say start Jeremy because he he can uh, throw the ball, and I'm and I'm happy for Jeremy if he gets to start this game. He's stuck. He's a true Auburn man. He's stuck with Auburn. When things started going down south, he didn't care. He said, I love Auburn. I'm staying at Auburn. I want to be – I'll do whatever it takes for the team to win, even if that means I sit on the bench or if that means I'm on a scout team or whatever. And I respect that. Well, well, if he wins, if he beats Alabama, you can put a statue out there in the front of Jordan Air Stadium uh, because that's what it – I just and Jonathan said it earlier, and, and we're not going to talk about Alabama and Auburn. We'll save that for Wednesday as much. But I just looked at Alabama last night. I saw Cam Robinson, the, the left tackle, leave the game with an injury. His backup got injured as well. Jonathan uh, Allen, the defensive lineman, was limping. Ruben Foster left the game with an arm injury again. I mean, could Alabama be deemed up and possibly overlook Auburn in this game? Because even if they lose, if they win the SEC, they're in. But how healthy is Alabama and how big is that Cam Robinson injury? You've got a left tackle that's questionable, and you've got a Carl Lawson trying to break Auburn's sack record and get drafted first round. You've got a problem. Oh, for sure. I mean, if Cam's out, and, I mean, we're talking about probably the best offensive line prospect in this draft. Um, I mean, that's huge, especially, you know, you're going to put Carl Lawson up against over the backup there and say, go eat, young fella. You know, he's going to eat. Uh, you know, if Ruben Foster's out, that's huge because he, he is, you know, he's the quarterback of that defense. Johnson Allen's out. That's big. He's arguably been probably their best defensive lineman. I, I would have him in the Heisen running, to be perfectly honest. Um You know, I mean. I'm, I'm not you know, saying they're I, out. I'm just saying they're dinged they're up real bad. Oh, yeah, but you know, you never know what could happen in practice. You know, we're talking about guys who are already they, – they, they have some, you know, wh- whether 
you know, it, it's it's a, a bone bruise or a pull or a strain or whatever, and you never know what can happen in practice throughout the week. If, if you re-aggravate it, you can be done. You know, just having any sort of an injury going, going, you know, before going into a game is a risky thing. I mean, saw it last year with Dalvin Cook. Every time it seemed like he was healthy, he really, you know, something would happen in practice and that hammy would lock up on him again. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, if Alabama's on 100%, especially with those key guys, I mean, that's a, that's a huge, that, that, that's a huge issue. Um, you know, if Cam's on 100%, Carl Lawson's going to have a good day. If, you know, if Jonathan Allen's on 100%, that helps out Auburn's offensive line huge. They can actually afford to throw a double team towards Tim Williams. You know, I mean, th- these are the kind of things where, you know, I don't think Alabama overlooks the game because there's a lot of there's a lot of pride in that game, whether it's Saban, whether it's the kids on that team, like, you know, Reuben Foster, um, who, you know, wants to beat Auburn. <laughs> he does not want to lose to Auburn, does not want to hear about that. It want to be him, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think they're going to overlook this. I, you know, it's just, it's very, you know, Saban was very animated last night, was not happy with this team, and he shouldn't have been. It was it was a poor performance yesterday. Uh, you know, they looked past Chattanooga and didn't think Chattanooga was going to give him a fight. And it's like, well, Chattanooga is actually a pretty good FCS school. Um, you know, we're talking <laughs> about a, a, a team that might be might be going to the playoffs themselves at their level. You can't just look past them. They're going to come out and, and fight you. Just because you paid them, you know, uh, 500K doesn't mean they're not going to fight you. And, you know, and it was just it, – it, it, was, it was interesting. Why, you know, I'm like, oh, who's going to pay attention to that game? And all of a sudden, I'm like, it's only 14 to 3 at halftime. Maybe I need to peek at this a little harder. You know, and obviously they had a good second half, but, man, there's something, there's something to brewing in Tuscaloosa that just don't smell right to me. This smells a lot like the 2014 team. Yeah, and I, I think that, I, and we'll talk about this Wednesday, I, I think Auburn has a good chance. If you've watched both teams this year and you, you look at the matchups, Auburn has a chance to keep this close. Now, what Quinn said is the key. Uh, how's Auburn's offense going to do? Who's going to be playing? If Auburn's able to move the football, they've got a real good chance to to pull the upset. I don't think I think Vegas and the perception of the country is nobody can move the ball against Alabama. And until somebody does, they're gonna to continue to believe that. So that line does not surprise me at all, people. That that line is where it's supposed to be because if you put it too much lower and, and everybody's right, then Vegas loses a lot of money. So they've got to put it in a number where they can get action on both sides. But Jason's on hold. He I think he must be in a train somewhere or something, but i got to talk about his Oregon Ducks a minute. I mean, he asked me last night, Jonathan, was Mike Helfrich's job saved by beating Utah? I told him no. I still think Helfrich needs to go. But I just want to let everybody know what I said about Utah all along. I just don't think they're that great of a football team. And I think they're, they're going to drop tremendously losing a game like that at home, Jonathan. You lose a 3-7 and team at home and you give up 600 yards doing it, it's going to be hard for the college football committee to deny to, to rank you up there. I think they were number 11 or something like that, but I think they fall way down. But kudos to Oregon, 341 yards passing, 251 rushing, a complete game there for Oregon, Jonathan. And to hold Utah to under 30, I didn't think Oregon could hold anybody to under 30. And if you remember, I said 
my lock of the year is to give you give up you take Utah and give up those points. Well, boy, was I wrong, and I'm glad I was wrong. Oregon came in, played some good football, but to you, does that save his job? <laughs> I mean, I, I locked Utah up, and I locked <laughs> the other people locked Utah up, and I'm watching the game, and it hit a point where I'm like, I hope Utah loses. I don't care. I don't want them to cover now. I hope they lose. And by golly, what a catch for Darren Carrington, getting his foot in bounds. Um, you know, just amazing finish for that game. Go Ducks <laughs> on that one. Go, go um, Ducks, do I think, baby. Go Ducks. Do I think it saves Hofrick's job? No. Just because you pulled off one upset doesn't mean you're safe. Because look at, well, that's only the second time they've covered a spread this year, which tells me, as a team, you've gotten your rear end kicked and solidly handy. Now, is it a little – if they beat Oregon State, is it harder to fire a 5-7 and seven coach than it is to fire a 3-9 and nine coach or a 4-8 and eight coach? Yeah, honestly, it is. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that one bad break against Cal, you beat Cal, boom, you're 6-6, six and six, you're going bowling, okay, well, we'll give you another year. I think that the level of he's going to get fired dropped a little bit from, like, a 99 to a 90, let's say. And if he beats Oregon State, it can drop a little more. Uh, but yeah. if Oregon sees a coach out there that they really want, he's gone. There's, I mean, you know, if Tom Herman doesn't go to, let's say, Texas and Oregon can get him, I think Oregon says, yeah, uh, Tom, you're, you're, you're here, Mark, sorry, you're gone. You know, so Helfrick is safe unless Oregon sees a candidate that they really want. Uh, and I think he's safe for a year, in, in all honesty. Um, you know, and, and again, though, another coach with a, fresh, a true freshman quarterback who the freshman quarterback might have just saved his job. Yeah, and little brother is underdog to Oregon, three and a half points this weekend at home, and we're going to bring all of Jason Humphrey. And it's been a while since Jason's been able to come on Wigan Sports with a little pep in his step, a little just ready to rock and roll. I mean, he's been depressed. He's even seen doctors about how to get out of a depression. And, you know, all it took was Oregon going on the road and beating Utah. Jason, welcome to the show. I know you didn't see that coming last night, but I know you're very happy. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll be the first one to admit I did not see it coming. I thought it was going to be a blowout. But Oregon fought hard. Oregon fought really hard. And I'm I'm torn up. I am. Um, you, you look at the <laughs> blowout losses and you you say, okay, Hofitz has lost his team. But this means like yesterday that this team is playing very hard for this coach. And you, you say, okay, maybe he is the right coach. I'm, I'm really torn, but at the end of the day, I believe the blowout losses, especially to your rival Washington, uh, I think that's the nail in the coffin. I, I think only a convincing win that Saturday keeps this job. I mean, you think about it, you're right. He did not quit. The team did not quit. You can't go into Utah and beat them if your team quit. But if you end up, like Jonathan said, there's a big difference between 3-9 and and 5-7. and There's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I've been at 3-9 and 
But if you beat your rival and you lead the season with a two-game winning streak, I think you're almost, you have to get help with another year, especially with a two-game winning streak, and just to see what he can do. Because it shows the team has not quit on him, and I just think it earned him another year. Because this is the first bad, bad year he's had. Yeah, for sure. Um, I Well, it's, it's the first single win he had since Marcus Mayota left, so that's a good thing. So. Well, Jason, I'm guaranteeing something this next weekend. I'm guaranteeing Washington State beats Washington and plays Colorado. I'll be on that train with you. Yeah, I'll be on that train. Yeah. And yeah. beats Colorado I, I think... in, the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, in the in a rematch. Yeah, I, I think with Utah losing, I don't think Utah beats Colorado. You know, going on yeah. the road. So, so, so um, have they locked it up? Is, is Colorado locked it up if they leave the USC wins? Is USC done? Yeah, um, Colorado needs to win. USC needs Colorado to lose because USC's done playing the pack of games. So. Okay. Um, so that, but but I'm asking if Colorado if Colorado loses to Utah, USC's in the Pac-12 title game, correct? Yeah, USC would go. Yeah. So. Okay. Utah choked it away yesterday. Uh, Washington looked good. Washington State lost the game. Washington State fought hard on the road. It's hard to win. And mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan, am I wrong about this Washington State game this weekend? I feel that Washington State at home will be enough to beat Washington and make it to that Pac-12 title game, which means to me that the Pac-12 is eliminated from the playoffs. I still think it is, but I think this will definitely put the nail in the coffin of Washington. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm oppo both of y'all. Uh, I think Washington beat – I think Washington was the Apple Cup. Uh, Washington State lost River Creek Carass, who is their number two receiver, and I think that hurts – hurt the team a lot more yesterday than some people might have anticipated. Um, and I, I honestly, I think that they're going to struggle with Washington secondary without Craycraft. Um, I, 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 you know, and here's the thing with the Huskies. You're, you know, you beat Washington State, you beat Colorado uh, to end the season. It's hard to keep you out of the playoffs, uh, especially since, you know, the loser of uh, the game up there in Ohio um, is out. So, uh, I still think Washington's a four seed until further notice uh, at this point. They'll be a five going into this week, but they'll be the four after this weekend. Well, Jonathan, Jonathan, let me give you this scenario. Uh, Penn State wins this weekend. Ohio State beats Michigan. Uh, means Wisconsin, Penn State playing for the Big Ten Championship. Wisconsin wins. Washington does what you say. They win the Apple Cup. They win the Pac-12 championship. Does Washington get in over either Ohio State, a one-loss team that didn't win their division, or Wisconsin, the Big Ten champion? Yes. Yes. The the committee will put Washington in over Ohio State because they have put an emphasis on conference championships. They have. They they, they put the emphasis there. Yeah, the Big Ten homers, though. They're homers. Well, I, it's hard to say conference championships are important and then spit on that. Granted, the committee's done a good job of 
going back on things they said before, but I think Washington gets in, and then the debate, I think, becomes Wisconsin and Ohio State because Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Um, but then, you know, Wisconsin beat Penn State, who beat Ohio State, so it becomes this convoluted mess. And I think that's the debate is going to be those two. I don't think you're going to see two teams from the same conference in the playoff this year. I don't think it's going to happen. What I think this year is going to do, though, is it's going to create an increase. Would you leave Wisconsin out and let Ohio State in? And See, that's a tough one because we saw Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Um, And, you know, Ohio State beat Michigan who beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got two losses. Their only quality wins, if you will, are going to be over a two-loss Nebraska, a three-loss LSU, or they a four-loss. What happened? Oh, no. Four-loss LSU and a, um, a three-loss Penn State. So it's not like they're, you know, they're quality wins. You're looking at them going, eh. Whereas Ohio State, you got a quality win over a two-loss Michigan. And you have the quality one over two loss Nebraska, and you know you have um, the quality one over let's say two loss Oklahoma. You know, so all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, Ohio State has better wins. Um, they only have one loss. I, honestly, I think that's the debate. I think if there's going to be a debate, it's between Ohio State and Wisconsin. And I think they would lean Ohio State in that case. I really do. But, but I think I think Wisconsin lost their chance when. Um, last week when they played USC at home, and they got blown out. I mean, they got embarrassed at home. I think that eliminated the Pac-12 from the playoff, in my opinion. It's going to be tough if Washington wins out, but the perception of the Pac-12 is not good, and that could have really hurt Washington in the end. Jason, what do you think? If Washington wins out, do they get in? Or do you think they lost think, it when they lost to USC? I think Washington and Michigan win. I I think with Ohio State sitting at two, I I think if Ohio State beats Michigan, regardless if they go to the Big Ten title game, I mean, there's no way that they drop out of the top four. Yeah. I, I agree. The, the committee I agree. is going to need Michigan to win. To avoid this mess. Yeah, if Michigan wins, you're right. If Michigan wins, you get yeah. Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, and Washington, and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. You know, no yeah. nobody's mad, especially since Louisville. Jonathan Louisville laid a big fat egg Thursday night, didn't they? I mean, they got embarrassed, taken to the woodshed, hiding a trophy might have been ripped out of their hands, but. Yeah. Well, what's Louisville thinking, uh, Jonathan? What in the world is Louisville thinking, running their mouth about the playoff committee, talking about how they're going to beat people by 40 now, they're going to have to bear down and they get embarrassed right there on a big stage. <laughs> oh, Louisville. Uh, you guys. Mm, you, you, y'all. Yeah. Y'all. Mm-hmm. So that offensive line, and I thought about it afterwards, that was the worst offensive line I'd seen out of a good team this year. I uh, gave up 11 sacks, Houston's defensive. How did SMU block Houston? I mean, damn, boys, come on. Uh, but, uh, A, Lamar Jackson didn't lose the Heisman. 
uh, B, Louisville, y'all going to play in the Orange Bowl, so congratulations on that. As long as you beat Kentucky, uh, y'all going to play in the Orange Bowl, so congrats. Um, C, yeah, y'all shouldn't have said nothing. Like, y'all knew the playoff committee wasn't going to put you in the top four because of Clemson. Y'all knew it. I don't know why y'all acted like it was such a big stunner and a surprise. Um, they don't, don't you see y'all act ridiculous and see what happens. And exactly what happened was y'all ran your mouths, and Houston said you ain't coming to the cage and think you're gonna get a win. That's exactly what happened. They came to the cage, and Houston slammed the door on them and said, "Nope." Well, well, Jonathan, there's two teams that really choked. And Quinn, you can go in to me when the polls finally came out. I think Auburn and Louisville just look at those polls, try to look ahead to the future and think that, hell, we, we may do this thing. We need to look ahead to that Iron Bowl. We need to look ahead to Houston. And, and, and you know, and, and they had it in their mind that they're going to have to blow Houston out. So they came into that game with a pressure, not just to win, but to blow out Houston is what they had on their mind. And sometimes, Quinn, when you press too much, it, it, it goes against you. And I think – I think Louisville came in tight, and I think Houston just ate their lunch. It was funny. It was it was marvelous. It was a, a great football game. But I I think those polls coming out just got in Louisville's head, and their own coach is talking about it. So, so how can he he keep that not a distraction in the locker room when he's out in the media every day talking about it? Yeah, I think for sure. I think uh, Louisville probably was playing tight, trying to force things. And uh, uh, when you play tight, it really never really works. So, yeah, I think that affected them. I agree with you. It also affected Auburn, I think, too. It did. And all of a sudden, you're you're fighting, you're hungry, you're disrespecting, all of a sudden you're like, ooh, look at us. We control our own destiny. And then you get these Georgia. I mean, good job, Auburn. You suck. Suck. I'm still not over that loss. That line is breaking news. 17, by the way, in the Iron Bowl. All these Bama fans beating their chest. Well, the line jumped to 20. But let me tell you what. People that know what in the hell they're talking about, is they're putting money on Auburn right now, guys. I got some breaking news. Um, the Austin Statesman just reported that the University of Texas has decided uh, to fire Charlie Strong. Yeah, and they're having a dinner tonight, a team dinner to talk about it. I was about to announce that. Damn it, Jonathan. You stole <laughs> my thunder, man. <laughs> what I do best. Well, what are we gonna do with what, what are we gonna do with Jonathan? Texas has here's breaking news. I knew it before Jonathan. He's lying. He just got a breaking news alert on his phone. That's what he's sitting over there doing. I know. Why is my phone five seconds behind yours? Is what I want to know. Because I'm more important. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Pay an extra dollar a month to get the the faster alerts? I need to know what's going on. But here's the here's the announcement with a 16 and 20 record in three seasons at Texas. And coming off one of the worst losses in program history, it looks like it looks as though Charlie Strong is going to be losing his job. You think it will happen for sure? So, but I'm with Jonathan. Why even announce it right now? Just you, you know it's going to happen. But who does Texas get here? Um, could Gus Malzahn leave Auburn, Jonathan, and head to Texas? Is he feeling disrespected right now at Auburn? Not loved enough? Would he go to Texas? 
Uh, I, no, I think he actually. I think he truly likes being at Auburn. Um, I think that's a school that he's proud to be the coach at, and uh, I don't think he's going to leave till he gets fired or retires. Um, uh, I think your coaching candidates are going to come from the state of Texas. What about Bobby Bowden? Oh, no, Bobby's pretty happy doing what he's doing on the retirement circuit. Um, well, but, but I need to give you some credit, Jonathan. That coach for Western Michigan you kept talking about, you talked about him preseason. You were talking about this guy. You were talking about how great he was, and I ignored you. I was like, yeah, whatever, Jonathan. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, this guy's one of the hottest sought-after coaches right now, in my opinion. I've been doing my digging on him research. Uh, is he a candidate for one of these big-time jobs? Is he, could he slide into LSU? Could he go to Texas? Could he go to possibly Oregon? Uh, somewhere like that, because I think he may be one of the best secrets in football, and um, I think you were right. You nailed it a long time ago, and I want to give you some credit for that. Thank you. Um, I, I, I like P.J. Slay. Uh, I actually got to see him at Tampa. He uh, was a receivers coach for the Bucks, uh, and then you know, he played for the 49ers. I mean, this is, this is a guy that I like. I, I, I respect uh, from what he's done at that program, Western Michigan. I mean, you know, row the boat. Um do I think he is a candidate for Texas? Now, he, here's the thing. He's at Western Michigan, so he's automatically going to get dinged a little bit uh, because he's at Western Michigan. Uh, you know, they get treated a little – coaches at his level get treated a little differently than they probably should. Um, now, with that being said, if Jimbo Fisher were to leave Florida State for LSU – I think him and Taggart at USF would be the, would be the top two options to go over at. Um, I think Oregon looks at Slack. Uh, I don't think Texas does. I think LSU is either Jimbo or O or Orgeron at this point. I really do. Um, Orgeron. I, I re- <laughs> yeah, I really think um, <laughs> I really think Texas is either going to go for um, uh, Herman Morris. Or Montgomery. Um, there's there's been links to Fedora at North Carolina because he he used to be a Texas high school coach, uh, but I honestly don't think anybody's gonna hire. I don't think Fedora's that good of a coach to be perfectly frank. So I don't I don't think he's gonna get hired. But I, I think Chad Morris uh, is gonna get a hard look. He's a Texas guy. Was the Clemson OC. Uh, I want to say he's the head coach at SMU right now, and he you know they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, Montgomery. Uh, up at Tulsa, they're having a good year. Uh, another Texas guy, I think he gets a look, and obviously I think Herman gets a look because he, you know, he's again, you know, this is Herman is interesting because he's from California, but a lot of his coaching experience has been in Texas, uh, and you know, he was a he was a coach at Iowa State, so he has Big Twelve experience. I think those are the top three guys for Texas in my mind. I don't think Slack will give, get a look. I'm gonna give you somebody. I'm gonna give you somebody. You not you didn't even say. You ready? Yep. Are you sitting down? Quinn, are you sitting down? Yeah. I think Dabo Sweeney could be the next coach of Texas. Oh, not this again. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, I I didn't didn't say Nick Saban, did I? 
and, and no, that was a but, close deal last time, by the way. That was close. And people deny that. That was close. Yeah, because, you know, Saban's, you know, they own, what, 35 Dairy Queens and, like, around Austin, and his wife runs those Dairy Queens. So that was obviously a uh, a, a conversation. I mean, well, one thing you gotta you got to look at with these coaches, and Jimbo did this last time. Um, which I'm hoping he doesn't do again. I think if he does, he's actually going to be told to walk. Uh, as a lot of these coaches will look at jobs like Texas, like LSU, and they're going to tell the school they're at that they'd go there unless they got a raise. And that's 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 the one thing you have to sort out: who's a legitimate candidate and who's just trying to get a raise grab. Um, and that that's. That's what one of the things I'm most worried about with Jimbo is that if he tries to uh, get another raise out of Florida State, that they're just going to tell him, you know what, you re- you want to go to LSU that bad, go. You know, we gave you a nice raise last time. You're one of the top ten uh, pay head coaches. There's no reason to uh, to give you another one. You got one, you know, you got one championship. We're not going to pay you on the same level as Saban, who's got five, or Urban Meyer, who's got three. Um, and so I I, I think. I don't think Dab- I think Dabo likes Clemson. I don't think he's gonna go nowhere. I really do. I think he loves. I think he loves that program. Yeah, he's waiting and, for Alabama. He's, he's mm-hmm. waiting for Alabama, isn't he? Oh yeah. Oh, that, definitely. I, I honestly, I do. I think he's waiting for Bama. I think there's there's a number of coaches out there who are like, I'm not going anywhere unless it's Alabama at this point. Um, and now the thing, you know, here's my thing with PJ Fleck. You know, you mentioned would you know would one of these schools offer him? Well. T.J. Flex's kids live in Illinois, I want to say. Um, and he wants to stay somewhat close to his kids, so it sounds like he wants to stay in the Midwest. So T.J. Fleck might be somebody who's waiting on, like, Ohio State to open up. Um, you know, that's why I think his name hasn't been tossed around as much because he's made it known he wants to stay near his kids. And I know a lot of people are like, well, if you get paid $5 million a year, you can relocate your kids. And it's like, mm. if they like being where they're at, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, there are parents out there who don't want to uproot them. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. I, I think Chad Morris, I think Montgomery, I think Herman, I think Taggart, I think Rule. I, the American Athletic has some really good coaches that it's are going to get hard looks for a lot of Dabo. It's Herman or Dabo at Texas, and it's Jimbo at LSU, and then you have to worry about Florida State. Who's going to take over that? And we'll talk about that when it happens. But LSU is going to – and I don't think Florida State fans are going to be that upset with it. I mean, okay, bye, Jimbo. See you, buddy. I mean, you know, bye. If you want to go play Saban in the West every year, I'm telling you, Jonathan, you may not – you probably know this as a football fan, but it's different when you've got to play in the SEC West every year and – and and I'm, I mean, you've got to get beat up by these physical lines every game. The ACC has a couple of real good teams. Don't get me wrong. They're a good conference. But it's different in the West, man. Do you think Jimbo wants to come and play Alabama, Auburn, LSU, or uh, Ole Miss, all these teams every week, and then play Florida, their rival on your schedule now every year? When he plays, when he can play him in Tallahassee, and when he can, he can play two or three games a year that he has to really prepare for, instead of having to prepare for five or six. You know, it, it depends on how prideful a coach is. Uh, you know, I know I know Jimbo likes me at Florida State because 
you know, Texas people talk about how good of a job they have. Think about how good of a job Florida State really is. A, you're probably in the best state for recruiting talent year in, year out. Um, B, right now you're the top school in the state. Like, there's no, de- there's really no debate. The, you know, it's Florida State. Well, Florida, Florida, Florida rank high, Well, not in the playoffs. Um, it's Florida State, I'm Florida, good. and then it's Miami, USF, UCF. Like, Miami's actually lumped in with those two now at this point. I was telling you how far their program has fallen. I mean, it's funny. One, one name that I heard if Florida State opens up that made me chuckle. And then I thought about it and went, you know what? It could have happened, but there would be the biggest riot in your life. Mark Rick. I know he played at Miami, but he coached at Florida State. Mark Rick was the offensive coordinator for the national championship team in 99. He was on uh, that staff most in the 90s. I mean, you want to see Miami riot? Let Mark Rick go to Tallahassee. You know, so I I think we might be in for a quieter offseason than we anticipated. You know, the only openings we might have are really LSU and Texas. Um, And and if if that's the case, then, you know, they kind of get to pick their litter. And if anybody is celebrating that, it's the American Athletic because they got a bunch of your coaches. You're telling them you might only lose two or really one. I mean, that's a win for them. Yes, and, and hey, just about Florida, they jumped up in the AP eight places. Why are you jumping up Florida to the thirteen and you just gonna have to put them back down to twenty after Florida State humbles them? I mean, in the coaches poll, put Florida up to thirteen, five spots. Both of them have them above Florida State. How how much disrespect do you think Florida State's gonna take in that game this weekend and say, Okay, Florida, you better than us in the polls. Let's see what happens on the field. Calvin Cook runs wild on that 20 defense. Yeah, I mean, oh, hats off to Dalvin, by the way. Uh, school record broke Morton Dunn's record for most rushing yards in a career. Uh, first ACC running back to hit 4,000 in a career in only three years. Um, you know, yeah, I think he, he's going to finish somewhere around second or third place all the time in the ACC uh, rushing-wise. You know, uh, he had a heck of a game. I mean, here's the funny thing, though. So the AP and the coaches have Florida ahead of Florida State because Florida has two left, uh, has one left loss. In the playoffs, though, Florida State was higher than Florida. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're we're in an abstract world where if Florida State had beat North Carolina, uh, there's a debate. Maybe they're a top ten team. Uh, you know, so I, I you know I think. Honestly, I think Florida State's going in this game going, hey, we're going to completely tank you guys. Um, This is going to be an old-school bullying. We're going to show everybody that the SEC ain't that good because we're going to take out two of y'all. You're taking out Ole Miss with six losses and Florida that sucks. We know that. We know Florida sucks. So don't don't, don't come in here trying to get credit for an SEC game with Florida sucks. Well, I thought the ACC wasn't better than the SEC, though. Florida State can't lose SEC teams. Yeah, you got two teams in that conference, it's worth anything. Two. And, and the SEC's well, got one. So, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess y'all may be better than that thing because we only got one team to look at. <laughs> I mean, you know, at, the end, at the end of the day, uh, obviously Florida State's going to go into this game a little more pumped up than I think Florida will just because Florida's – Florida knows they ain't playing for a title. Uh, obviously, they have to win this game for their shot at the Sugar Bowl. Um, but 
they're looking ahead to Alabama all day. They, well, that's I another thing I want to ask you. Uh, and I know the Sugar Bowl right now is lined up good, but if Florida State beats Florida, knocks them down to seven and three, and then they, I mean, or seven, well, the eight and three, and then they go to the SEC championship and get trounced. Those two games in a row, they get beat by twenty easy. Does the Sugar Bowl lost that team with no offense, or would they take an Auburn team that lost a close one to Bama and finish with only three losses in the SEC? How would they do that? Uh, they will take whoever the playoff committee has as the highest-ranked SEC school. Um, if Florida gets dump trucked uh, by Florida State and Bama, and Auburn puts up a fight against Bama, I have a feeling Auburn will be ranked higher, um, and that Auburn will get that Sugar Bowl bid. I mean, at the end of the day, Florida State is playing for a Cotton Bowl bid. Um, so, you know, if we don't get the Cotton Bowl, we're probably going to get the Tax Slayer game where we're going to get probably the third SEC team, um, you know, which means we might, you know, they won't give us Florida, but we might get, you know, like uh, LSU uh-huh. uh, or Tennessee. Well, we'll get y'all if y'all don't get the Sugar Bowl bid. But I, at this point, I think, I think Auburn, Auburn deserves a good football game. game. Yeah, I think they deserve a good bowl game and, and at least a New Year's Day game. And um, Lance Clemson really helped put them over the top, I think, when you start looking at, at comparing resumes to people. But we'll see. We'll see. Rivalry week is here, guys. And uh, I want to discuss something off topic of football real quick. But I don't know if you've heard, Jonathan, but uh, the NBA rate, NBA players vowed a benefit at the Trump White House after the championship. Have you heard about that? Uh, yeah. What do you think I about that? You. That's pretty disrespectful to our country, isn't it? These NBA players making millions of dollars a year. They think they want to not do something like that. If I was Trump, I wouldn't want them there. That's what I'd tell him. I'd go ahead and tell him they can't come. Well, like, people forget it's an honor to go to the White House. You're, it's not a given. Like, Florida State won the national title in 2013, did not go to the White House. Uh, one of the few teams in college football recently that didn't go. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's an honor, it's a privilege to be invited and to go to the White House. Uh, and for for these players to sit there and say, well, we're not going to go anyways, I mean, all right, cool, good for you, I guess. You know, you don't want to be yeah. one of the teams that gets to go, whatever, see ya. We'll, we'll have something else going on that day then. Yeah, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. Quinn, Quinn, what do you think about that? I just find it petty. I just find it real petty. Yeah. Like, who are you? You don't even know if you're going to make it through all spouting off at the mouth. It just it just aggravates me. It's a disrespect in this country right now. That's what bothers me the most. But uh, let's flip over to college basketball real quick. I know it's early, guys. I know it's very early in basketball season, but I watched the Kentucky Wildcats the other night, Jonathan, and, and man, I was really, really impressed with what I saw from them. And one thing they have this year, they have a lot of size from some seniors that are—they're <clears throat> not 
they didn't play a lot of freshmen and sophomore and everything, but this Kentucky team can shut you down defensively, and they can score some points. And I know it's early. Anything can happen, but looking at their out-of-conference schedule being as tough as it is, I think Kentucky's going to be a very tough team to reckon with in March this year. What do you think? Uh, I think Kentucky's a very good team. Uh, you're right. They have a lot of size this year. It's almost like Kyle Perry said, you know what? We're not going to shoot threes, and we're still going to beat Shaw by 20 points. Um, so, no, I think Kentucky's a very good team. Uh, the SEC is pathetic as a conference, so you know they're going to cakewalk through that. They're going to lose an hey, SEC game at home. And, and the SEC <laughs> is a cakewalk for Kentucky. They're going to lose one game at home, and everybody's going to panic. And you're going to be like, well, they shot like 30%. You knew that was going to happen at some point, right? And they're going to get to the tournament. They're going to look good. Um, I mean, Michigan State, uh, who Kentucky just slaughtered, we knew they were going to have their bumps because they're relying on a lot of freshmen this year, and that's not something that, uh, uh, you know, they usually do. Um, very talented freshmen. And Michigan State, by the time they get to the Big Ten uh, tournament, is going to look completely different than what they are now. Uh, Duke's a good team. Um, they're playing with like seven scholarship guys right now. So obviously whatever they do right now, I take with a little bit of a grain of salt, but the fact that they're winning these games tells you, wow, they really are that talented. Um, Michigan, I think, (laughs) I mean, Michigan's a team that I think you need to keep an eye on. This team actually looks a lot better than uh, anticipated. Uh, They could actually be one of the better teams. Uh, in the Big Ten uh, this year, which not a lot of people expected because they didn't, they thought that some of the holes they're going to have weren't going to be filled. But when they played a pretty good Marquette team, uh, they did a real good job of just really tearing them up. Uh, and you know, my, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I've been very pessimistic and I'm still cautious with the Knolls this year. But they're scoring. I mean, they scored 100 in back-to-back games now, and I can't tell you the last time Florida State did that against anybody. Um, and I know it was Iona and Detroit, but still, like, 100 points is oh, – I mean, that's a lot in Tallahassee. Right. Um, and, and, you know, this is a team that they've actually recruited really well recently. Uh, there's a lot of talent on this team uh, on the wings. Uh, you know, Xavier Rathan Mays, uh, Dwayne Bacon, and uh, Jonathan Isaac, who looks like he's going to be a terror uh, as a freshman. Kid looks really good. Um, you know, Florida State's a team that I think the other ACC teams are going to want to Keep on notice because whenever they come to the tuck, I think it's going to be a, a, a true battle. This, sort of, this could be like that 2012 FSU team. I, I think I think we're in for a good basketball year. Arizona, again, looks like the class of the Pac-12. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have a real fun rivalry between BYU, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's in the you know, WCC. Um, or the WAC, my bad, they're in the WAC. Uh, I think we're going to have, um, you know, Kansas, who's going to dominate the Big 12 once again. I think the Big Ten is going to be a fun race with Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, maybe even Ohio State uh, and Purdue. Uh, the ACC, you have okay. North Carolina, Florida State, Duke. I mean, this is – I think we're in for a good year of basketball, and that, that excites me. Yeah, and Auburn, I mean, this has been a long time. I know they've beaten three nobodies, really, but usually they lose two of those three games to nobodies. They're 3-0 and right now. Let's move this out of conference schedule for Auburn, Johnson. Texas Tech at UAB, Boston College, uh, Oklahoma at UConn. That's that's a pretty good 
at TCU. That's good for Bruce Pearl to do that, isn't it? Because Auburn doesn't play anybody out of conference, which is a knock on them. And anytime you start looking at getting into the tournament, but this year, if they can have a decent season, they may get into that tournament if they grab a couple of those non-conference wins, and they have a pretty good SEC schedule. Don't you agree? It's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's possible, and he's recruited a lot of talent. They don't have a lot of size, but these guys can play. Yeah, I mean, you know, Auburn definitely has a shot. Granted, Connecticut really hasn't looked that good to start the year. I want to say – they lost to Wagner and somebody else in a real, that was a real small program, and then they eked one out over Loyola Marymount. Um, yeah, but that game, the name, just scheduling them before you know they're not going to be that good. I think it's the perception. Whoa, 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 hold on now. You cannot make that argument. I don't want to hear that argument. Because we, we, the same thing will happen in college football where they suck, so it don't matter. No, 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 I don't want to hear that Connecticut argument. Now, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, I think, is a good team. Auburn beats Oklahoma, they're on the map. It's no longer they're flying under the radar. They're on the map. Uh, they beat Boston College, but no, well, Boston no, College well, is trash. Well, what, what I'm saying is, is when they scheduled UConn, it's showing that Auburn wants to improve their basketball team, and they mm-hmm. have a coach that knows how to do it, is to go out and to be out. you got to go out of conference and schedule a good team. When Auburn made this schedule, I remember UConn being on it. I think they just won the national championship that year, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, or the year after. So, it, I mean, it doesn't matter to me if they're good or not or if they win it or not. It means that they're going out. They, the, before, they wouldn't even play anybody out of conference. UAB would be about it. So, with Texas mm-hmm. Tech, UAB, Boston College, Oklahoma, UConn, TCU, just being outside of the SEC and outside of these little smaller schools is going to help them if they're on the bubble. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I agree. I think – don't y'all play the – y'all play Oklahoma or TCU because of that Big Ten SEC uh, – Big 12 SEC thing. Um, I don't know which one which is for the challenge. I know one of them is but the fact that, you know, you scheduled, you know, it is, it is definitely something I like to uh, – I'll give Auburn credit for. Um you know, and then with you know Connecticut, obviously they're a name, and we'll see how they how they do. But um, you know Boston College is trash. But you're right, though, it is nice because you know Florida State for for the longest time would schedule a bunch of scrubs in Florida for non-conference. That was it because uh, you're just trying to pad your record before you get into the ACC, so that oh well, we're twenty and ten. You know, we lost 10 conference games, but we still have 20 wins. You're like, well, who'd you, you know, look at those non-conference slate, you know. Um, you know, so it is nice to see teams who take that initiative because strength of schedule is taking such a forefront in the, uh, the selection committee's eyes for the tournament. Yeah. College basketball here, and then it's going to be a while before we really get interested in it. There's there's some not a another night is fun because you had – Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, Michigan State. I mean, who who doesn't watch that? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's something you have to really watch. And uh, when do you watch college basketball much? Yeah, I do. At this point, I really I'm really just following Auburn and Notre Dame since it's really early. Once January hits, I'll really start following it nationally. But yeah, I've been paying attention to Auburn and Notre Dame and. Auburn's looking really good. They have a lot of talent. They're young and have a lot of talent. And uh, 
I think by by March uh, they could be a pretty they could be a pretty good basketball team. Yeah, on one fort on January fourteenth at Kentucky, that could be an interesting one, right? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, that. Uh, oh, yeah, God, I don't think it'll be very interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be about forty points, but hey, at least you made it to Kentucky. <laughs> well, well, guys, anything y'all want to talk about before we get out of here tonight? Rivalry week is upon us. It's a month. I mean, it's here, guys. It's it's here, and it's trash talk all week. I know it's hate Florida week for Johnson. It's hate Alabama week uh, for Auburn. It's, I think that's every week, but uh, especially <laughs> this week, you're gonna see it. You're gonna hear a lot of trash talking, Jonathan. You're gonna see a lot of Auburn Alabama hate out there. And uh, I saw this picture. It was funny. It was uh, I posted it on Facebook. It says has a picture of LSU and Alabama playing where it shows three infractions being made on the same play. It says, now grab your partner, do see do don't worry about the rest, they'll let it go. So, uh, in a, Speaking of rest, the rest could well. really be on Bama's side. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, they always are. I, I don't even think they've had a holding penalty this year. <laughs> Are oh, you, yeah, you know that's not true. They probably got one in the fourth quarter of a blowout just because they wanted to see impartial. Yeah, they they I've never seen a team get the call like that, <laughs> ever. Ever in my life. I watch the games and I'm like, my God. You, you watch a guy just get pulled down to the ground and the official just, okay, whatever, let it go. And the coaches are having a heart attack on the sidelines trying to get the attention of the official just to make eye contact with him and he won't even make eye contact. You know you know it's bad. You know it's bad. And the but, I mean, Fournette's going to be out this week, guys, I think, again. You think A&M can get the win, Quinn, at home against LSU? I think LSU quit. Um, I don't even think they showed up yesterday, and I don't think they're going to make the, the short week. You know, A&M played a cupcake yesterday, like most of the SEC teams did. But how does that impact that rival game Thanksgiving night? LSU has to make it has a short week uh, with some injuries going to college station. I, I think I think A&M beats them. I don't know if that's good or bad for Auburn. I, I don't know. if it's, I think it's better if LSU wins that game than – than A and M. What do you think, Quinn? Yeah, well, I I don't I actually don't think it matters to Robin if if A and M wins or loses. But yeah, I think I think A and M will probably win that game. And just off the fact that A and M played a cupcake and LSU played. Um, Florida and lost, so coming off a short week, I think they'll really benefit A and M and their home. Yeah, what do you think, Jonathan? Well, A and M might have played a cupcake, but they played really, really, really poor. Uh, they beat Texas San Antonio twenty-three to ten. I think they have legitimate issues offensively without Trevor Knight. Um, I think this would be a good game. Uh, you know, nice little Thanksgiving night cap. Um I you know, I just think that um 
LSU might want this. Orgeron, I think, wants this more. Uh, for A&M, it's kind of like a what's the point. In all reality, what, we beat LSU and Auburn, okay, but, you know, we lost to, you know, we got swept by the state of Mississippi. So, uh, it's almost a game where who cares, but you know you're going to watch it. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving night. Any other games Thanksgiving night we need to pay attention to? And I've never, in my career of working, I've never been off the day after Thanksgiving to enjoy football games. So I'm hoping, praying that these games are good. Thanksgiving Day, we get Detroit, Minnesota. We get Dallas, Washington, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh. There's three crappy games right there. But that night, we get LSU A&M. Friday schedule, we get Nebraska-Iowa. That could be interesting. You get Arkansas-Missouri, sucks. TCU-Texas, sucks. Just looking. Washington-Washington State at 3.30 will be the game I'll watch that day for sure. I mean, of course I'll watch all of them. I mean, how's how's Texas the favorite over uh, TCU right now? TCU must be real bad. Yeah, Vegas favored TCU by six against Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State waxed them. Um, I mean, looking at the Friday slate, I'm going to watch the Battle of North Carolina, NC State, UNC at noon. I'll probably peek in at Houston, Memphis. Uh, I'll peek in at Arkansas, Missouri. I'll watch Washington, Washington State. I'll peek in on Nebraska, Iowa. Um, I'll watch Toledo Western Michigan underrated big game there. Western Michigan eleven and zero. Toledo's nine and two. Um, that that's actually probably going to be a fun game to watch. And then that's pretty much it, unless I really get entertained by you know with the idea of watching Baylor Tech yeah. or uh, Arizona State Arizona. I mean, you know what? You know it's what? Though this is the best. This is the best week of the year. Because it's all you know. For yeah. majority of the games are rivalry games. They're going to have a lot of importance. There's going to be a lot of emotion, a lot of energy from the stands. It's going to be fun. It's also depressing because yeah. it's really the last week of college football. I know. I mean, we still get the yeah. It's come. So I was hoping it would go by fast this year for reasons, but we got Michigan State, Penn State Saturday at three thirty. We've got Wisconsin, Minnesota, or some kind of. I don't know, boot or act or something. Uh, All bunny and die. Miami. Yeah. We got Auburn, Alabama, the biggest rivalry in sports. We got Florida State, Florida. We got Oregon, Oregon State, the Civil War. I mean, Colorado, Utah. We've got Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, we've got Vanderbilt, Tennessee, the Egg Bowl. we got Notre Dame and USC, and that could get ugly. But it's still a rival game, and you never know, but it's fun that day. So we start starting Thursday. Starting Thursday, we start watching football. But I think there's some games Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah, but you won't watch them. We got Akron, Ohio, Ball State. But we we can do a show. We may do a show um, Wednesday night if everybody's available. Yeah. So uh, everybody's off work Thanksgiving. So and I'm off work Friday too. So that's good for me. But anyway, Quinn, anything you want to bring up before we go, man? I've got to eat dinner. I'm hungry. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I'm glad Jonathan's still the co-host. <laughs> you, glad, you glad I didn't fire him? 
<laughs> no, I no, I was concerned. I would just, we were messaging when all that went down. A couple, that night, I messaged them. Yep. And so, Quinn, give me your thoughts. Should Jonathan be in land towards Hot Group? Yeah. Him him, and Sonya have always brought it out. Jonathan just... Jonathan likes to argue with people, and he just can't argue with Sonya. Again. Oh, okay. But I'm just, I'm just saying for him, it, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, so you're saying he should be allowed back into the group? Yeah, for sure. He adds value to the group. Go to the group and put a message on there. Start a poll. Start a petition. And uh, you're an admin of the group, am I right? Yeah. So go start a petition to bring Jonathan back. Jonathan, do you want to be back? Where else am I going to put my polls? I know, right? I I, I wrote one down, and I didn't know what to do with it. And both of you were in college football discussion groups. And I'm going to tell you something about that group with a bunch of trolls. And and I I think, you know, I'm disappointed in both of you, just to say the least, that you're in that group. I'm uh, not anymore. I got kicked out. Oh, yeah, you got kicked out of that one, too, didn't you? (laughs) Same day, like (laughs) 10 minutes after yours. So, Jonathan, I'm going to stay here unless you get a chance to apologize here to see if you can get back in. On air. Do you want to apologize on air, or do you want to? <laughs> uh, 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 well, um, uh, oof. Uh, I don't know the definition of that word. Could um, <laughs> you use it in a sentence? Maybe uh, explain that one out to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, look, here, 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 let me, let me steal for a minute, if you will. I got bumped out of both uh, that group and the college ball group in the span of, God, 10 minutes maybe, over the same matter by the same person. Um, the other group I was hanging by on the threads, and I knew that was coming. Um, there were too many people in position to boot me that uh, I don't think we were friendly too well. Uh, now, if concerning the individual that led to the expulsion of uh, the Land Sports Group, it's funny how this happens about once or twice a year where uh, we disagree on something, but instead of a constructive conversation on a disagreement, it turns somewhat ugly rather fast. Um, I did not openly insult another person. I will say that, so I don't understand why I deserve or why I need to apologize. Um, A, B, don't call me boy. Um, I'm not saying I'm a grown I'm a grown man, but don't don't condescend to me. Don't be condescending. Uh, and 
see if you don't want an open discussion on something, don't post it in there. Uh, so, no, I will not be apologizing. I will stand fast in my stance that I have done nothing wrong uh, to my knowledge or really anybody's knowledge but that individual and maybe uh, their, uh, their significant other. And I will uh, like to state that I'm not asking for anything other than admittance back to the group so I can go back to having enlightening discussions with all of our members. And thank you. Yeah, you've been a co-host of this show. You know, that's one thing. And I've kicked people out before and let them back in. And, and you know, things. sometimes people get heated and they need a timeout. And, uh, you know, and with admin people, sometimes, you know, they kick somebody out and the rules before state, you know, we said if someone kicks you out, they have to be the ones to bring you back in. I'll work on that, you know, and we may have a restructuring of the whole group. You never know. But, Quinn, if you want Jonathan back to, well, listen, man, this is America, man. It's freedom. It's freedom. But it's I'm going to second it's a chances. discussion group. It's a land of second chances. <laughs> I know. It's a land of second chances. But college football discussion group, if I was in, I mean, I don't, I'm not in that group. I was in it before. But Ian Carlson from Fresh Prince of Bel Air running the group like he's some god or something, Avery Rawls and Dan Alley, those two cowards right there are people that they live on the West Coast and they think they can run their mouth, but what they don't know is if they were face-to-face with me, they wouldn't open their mouth because it probably requires some teeth. Uh, I don't like people that run their mouth to me that live far away, you know, that, that aren't mad enough to stand in my face and do anything. And they're they're called internet bullies, trolls, and everything. Avery Rawls came on my came on my wall. Now it's different when you're in a the discussion. It's different when you're in a message group setting. But you come on my wall commenting, and I delete your post twice, and you keep commenting. I sent him a message, and I said, "Well, you must be begging for an ass with her." I mean, that's what I told him. And then he never posted back. But uh, I just don't like people like that. I mean, look, Hillary lost. Get over with it. Get over it. It's over. It's, there's nothing you can do. You can you can throw a temper tantrum. You can do whatever you want. It's not going to bring Donald. It's not going to bring Hillary back into office, guys. Or in office, she's never in it to begin with. So Jonathan, back in the group. So Quinn, you're an admin too, and I am. So see what you can do to make it happen. Which means post a poll. I don't know. Yeah, whatever you want to do. However you want to do it. Or do I have to talk to Sonia? Whatever you want to do. That's up to you. You're an admin now. You're a big boy now. Here's the big boy table. All right. You get your own cranberry. Well, you get your own cranberry now. sauce for Thanksgiving. Whoa. Do you want them back in the group, Tarvis? Hey, I'm, what do you think? Yeah. It's not about what right now. It's about it's about this principle and everything. That Auburn line is at 17 and a half right now, guys. And, you, you know, you play the game, too. Just let me play. Let me play. 17 and a half is the line right now in the Alabama-Auburn game. Go ahead and jump on it, Johnson. 
Take us points. <laughs> uh, I'm pulling up the Florida Florida State one as we speak, just because I'm. Uh, I think it's seven and a half. I believe. Oh, that's funny because where I'm looking, they don't have one right now. Oh, here we go. Opened at eight and dropped to seven. I'll take seven. That means people think Florida's. That means people think Florida's actually good, which we know better than that. I'll take. I'll. I'll. I'll leave seven. Me, we we don't miss on these. We don't miss on teams for the most part. We 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 do this every week and we talk about them and. When it finally comes to fruition, people are like, oh, wow. Oh, Utah was good. Well, you should listen here, buddy. We have told you. They weren't. Let's tell you Florida. They're going to get, they're going to get skull drugged by Florida State, and they're going to get, they're going to get God killed because Alabama coming off a loss to Auburn, they're going to be really mad, and they're going to destroy Florida. So, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see Florida. But if Auburn gets that win, though, in Iron Bowl, they're definitely going to the uh, New Year's Six Bowl game. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I don't, like, I, don't, I don't like people controlling my destiny. I want to control <laughs> it. Uh, I, I All right, guys. Well, have a good night. Have a good night, everybody. Quinn, get to work. And we'll talk to y'all Wednesday night. Everybody take, everybody take care. All right, All y'all. Right. Bye.